are good, right? All right. (laughs) She said Matt and I are. We're all good, right? Man, you know, I've never done this before, but I've never had a piece about it that I've had since I've woken up out of my sleep, uh, and not literal sleep, talking about the uh, worldly sleep where we are cold and dead to our salvation and we don't really accept it, even though we're saved, been baptized, right? We think this is too much. My reward comes, Steve says it all the time, when I'm dead. That's a lie. That's a lie. So this morning, what I'm going to talk about, the Lord put on me. You know, I had a lot to say, but it wasn't anything he wanted you to hear. And so I asked him, what do you want me to say? Because I'm not just going to get up there and talk. I want it to be your words. I want it to speak to people's hearts because it spoke to me. It was a lot in the same vein of stuff I had been working through because I really believe this. Our wilderness seasons are only negative if we stay there longer than we're supposed to. Right? We're going to stay in there because, you know what, I can't deal with the disappointment or what if it's worse out there. Well, I guarantee you, This isn't a good thing. I'm excited about it. The closer we get and we live connected with him, the bigger the target is on our back from the enemy. And I say, bring it on. Right? When we're in the game and we're not sitting on the sidelines, the game has changed. Right? So this morning, we're going to talk about perspective. Definition is a particular attitude toward or way of regarding something, a point of view. It does not say through Christ in Google search. I put that in there because that's where we should be, right? If our perspective isn't in Christ, connected to him every moment, then we're not in him. We can know him. We can serve him. Are you connected to him? Are you making decisions out of his veins, out of the blood he shed? First, good scripture, man. Uh, Romans 5.3. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. <laughs> How many of us do that, right? Hey, this stinks, Lord. I'm going to go have a, a cold one, you know, and I may have three or four more, depending on if you come to me or not. Did you hear what I said there? If If you come to me or not. He's there. I imagine him, and I said it like this in first service, and it still rings true. I imagine him like this. Hey, look. There he goes. Man, where is he going? There he goes again. He's right there. Quit wasting your time with stuff that don't matter and just live through him. All of your life experiences, things you deal with, people you're dealing with, your sphere of influence will completely change if you just focus on him. People don't want what we have if they can't see it in us. Why do you think we get labeled as hypocrites? Because we go to work and we're angry. Listen, <laughs> I've been there. Mike back there, I told him I was going to bring him up. Man, his they got prayer this morning. I could feel the Holy Spirit on it. And I am, whoo, makes me want to cry. Man, it is real, guys. 
He's with us all the time. We just choose to say, you know what? Yeah, this place is worse, though, so I'm not even going to try because it's so much bigger than I am and what I think is bigger than the kingdom. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to try. Well, the honest truth is we're our own worst enemies. We convince ourselves of that before we even try to fend it off. The devil's number one is deception. He gets you to believe a lie. That's it. Then the fun starts, right? Then you don't know how far that's going to take you until you start going in it. It'll take you places you didn't think you would go. I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to myself, right? We've all been there. So rejoice when we run into problems and trials, for it develops endurance. The definition of endurance, my mom just texted me, told me good job this morning. She lives in Indiana and watched. So, hey, nothing like some praise from the mom, right? <coughs> endurance, sorry, I'm on my phone at church. I know better. Enduring an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way. It's pretty simple. It means anything you experience, you should stand firm. I know there are severities in human world where we say, oh, this is man. You know, my spouse passed or my kid's sick or, you know, they lied to me or I'm my own worst enemy. I can't handle this situation. Well, what's your perspective? Yeah, you're right. You live in that? You definitely can't handle it. I was, I'm a boat rocker by nature, and six months ago it wasn't in a good way. I figured if I'm going to get wet, we're all going in. <laughs> you know, at my job I'm at now, and a lot of you can attest, you know, any of us, not really, it's not place specific. If we're not in the right frame of mind, then we're looking for targets. We're looking for things to make us feel better, to justify ourselves. I'm still a boat rocker, but now I do it in a healthy way, in a loving way. When I don't sit and just try to fix people, I listen to them. And then I try to meet him or her with Christ. And what he says, we can sit around all day, compare war stories. Yeah, but you never know. I'm way worse. Or you don't know what I've dealt with. Well, at that point, to me, we're completely saying the cross wasn't enough. Think about that. He was the only perfect one that was ever crucified for being perfect. Only person. He did nothing wrong. So at that point, when we start having a pity party, think about that. You're, you're basically saying, hey, you know what? At, yesterday it was enough. Today it's not. That's not true. Okay? It's a lie. <clears throat> Man, he is still here, guys. He is still talking. Romans 5, 4. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope in salvation. Guess what? I got another one, another definition for you. The mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual, this is what means, you know, character means. Look at that. In Christ, the mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual, that's you, a believer, in Christ. 
You align with him, you give him all, and you don't question what's going on around you, he's going to define your character, which will in turn, you know, change your environment. Right? <clears throat> Romans 5 5. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with this love. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. So one of my favorite sayings, Darius Daniel said it in a sermon I was watching, really kind of like, wow, okay. Where you sit determines what you see, and what you see determines what you do. Where are you sitting? What are you listening to? Who? I hope by now, pastor brings it up every Sunday, and I'm not saying that in a way. I'm saying it like it's true. I hope you're not still watching the news. I hope you're not opening social media to see what people say about you. To you or not, right? We take things personal. It's not always about us, right? So where you sit determines what you see, and what you see determines what you do. You could even say what you hear determines what you think or say the way you feel. So I can tell you, if you're not aligned with him, that is going to completely ruin your life. If you're completely setting with things that are not from him, then you're going to be subject to them. They will rule you. Right? Whew, that's good. Hebrews 12.1. I'm not bragging. I'm just agreeing. So <clears throat> Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Right there, I love that. Especially the sin that so easily trips us up. For a lot of us, it's the same thing. It's the same sin. Right? There's that one thing that really grabs us. And it doesn't matter where we're at, who we're with, what we're doing. You can be in a good place and a bad one in the same second. Because his only defense, the devil's, is to remind you of those things. To make you feel unworthy. Not good enough. Yeah, but. You remember that? The yeah, but game? My Lord. That one stresses me out. You know? We're basically trying to justify it. We don't believe that we can give it to him and he can take it from us. Well, it's time for a change. You want to see change in your culture and in your sphere of influence, the people you're in direct contact with? Don't give it to him. Immediately when you feel that, we all know what it is, right? Give it to God. I don't care if you're driving through the Sonic drive-thru and this lady, you can see her up there on her phone, and you're like, I gotta go. Listen, lady, you're not the only person in the world. Like, come on, you really want to nail that horn? Don't. You're gonna stick your head out the window and be like, come on. No. Say, you know what, Lord? Thank Jesus for her. Maybe you're showing me something. Maybe there's a lesson to be learned here. Right? Are we going to meet chaos with chaos? It never works. Right? 
Because then they'll see the Grace Church sticker on your back window, and they'll be like, oh, man, avoid that place, because those people are exactly what we think they are. They don't want what we have if they can't see it in us. (sighs) Making sure I'm in line right here. I don't want to step out. Hebrews 12.2, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion, and you guys don't know how much that champion song means to me, right? That one is, I mean, come on, <laughs> you know, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he is seated in a place of honor beside God's throne. We all know what he went through, Right? So we can actually tell ourselves here who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. To me, that doesn't mean we're waiting to die. So that when we get to the heaven and we see Jesus, he's like, I almost didn't recognize you. You didn't even know how to fight back and you look like trash. But you're here, so you made it. Good job. That's not true. If you're saved, you believe what he did and what he says is true in you, your identity in Him, then you're not a punching bag for the world. You're not a punching bag for your mental warfare that goes on in here. Right? Talking to myself too. You're better than that, for one. He didn't equip you to be a punching bag. He built you and equipped you to be a light. It's mostly, all the time, a a wrong perspective. So I think whenever we experience trials in life and things are just really, you know, knocking on our door, we try to hide from it. Some of the stuff we can see coming, so we're like, I'm going to avoid that. (laughs) Can't get me with that. You know, people tell, you know, the old saying, you know, what you don't know can't hurt you. It's not true. Okay. (laughs) It's not true. That's, I mean, I think about all these sayings I grew up here, and I'm like, wow, that's a lie. <laughs> what you don't know can't hurt you. Well, that doesn't mean he's not hammering you with it. Because right. if you're not ready to fight it off and give it to him, then you don't see it as a problem. If it doesn't align with his character, it's a problem. It's a stronghold in our lives. It's something that we're not... Most of the time, most of us aren't even really aware of how many strongholds he actually has on us until we start connecting with him. Does that make sense? I mean, it could be as simple as your cell phone. I tell my wife all the time, that's the worst thing that ever happened to us. If I could live with a pager and have to find a, you know, good luck, a payphone, hey, what's up? I would. You know, we've got a 14-year-old living with us right now. Thank God, really, I'm serious. He grew up in a horrible environment and didn't have a chance, you know. I didn't expect it. I didn't ask God for it. But he gave it to me. Your wilderness season is only negative if you stay there longer than you're supposed to. I would be no good to him if I was still having a pity party. I would have gotten angry as soon as my wife told me, Hey, babe. What do you think about Keaton coming to stay with us? 
we already got two kids. I mean, I work two jobs. You know, I mean, what do I look like? It's a perspective problem. If we're living connected to him, then anything that happens to us is fine. You don't even know how much you can grow until you start growing. (laughs) I mean, we don't even really realize our full potential in Christ until we start saturating ourselves in it all the time. I didn't plan on being on the drums this morning. Intentionally, I made myself sit out here. And our brother Robbie, this is his wife right here. We love her. He got stung by a wasp on the face. And, I mean... I didn't laugh because I was like, I hate those suckers, you know. But he was like, man, I may need you to play. And I immediately I could feel the turmoil in me. Man, I'm supposed to speak Sunday. I've got to show up early and turn all this on, which is a lot. We had some issues. And the whole time the Lord's knocking. Hey, you're preaching about perspective today, aren't you? (laughs) And it's like, oh, I got it. Thanks. Which means anything that we come through, even the unexpected, which are the funner ones, because we really don't see them coming. We don't avoid them because they're blatantly running at us. It's the same response. There's no difference. Man, so Job is one of my favorite books so far. Yes, I didn't read my Bible a whole lot prior to my coming out of my wilderness season. I'll admit it to you because I think we're a lot of us are in the same boat. You know, that's no shame. It's still there. It hasn't changed. There's still time. <clears throat> 39 chapters of the book of Job. He's just going through pure turmoil. The Old Testament I love because I know who I am in Christ now with his new, with, with him dying and giving us the love you know, and forgiveness. But I love the Old Testament too because there's lessons to be learned in it. 39 chapters. You could say 39 years. I don't know how old he was. Who knows? But he completely just was getting hammered. At the end of chapter 39, his wife, who probably had caretaker's fatigue, says, man, why don't you just curse God and die? You see what's happening around us? Like, we have lost our possessions, our kids. I mean, you're dying, we think. Look how bad this is. Why don't you just curse God and die? So finally, the Lord gets a little fed up with it, which I'm sure. And he finally says in Job 40, verse 7, Brace yourself like a man, and I will question you, and you shall answer me. That one right there makes me go, okay. (laughs) My bad. I'll shush, you know. Brace yourself like a man, and I will question you, and you shall answer me. If I get to preach again, we're going to talk about that. Because there is power in that book, a lot. There's a lot of perspective in it. And in verse 8, he says, would you condemn me to justify yourself? How many of us do that? Man, God, this is really stinky. I don't know why you're putting me through this. I didn't ask for this. This is bad. God, you must, you know, he must not love me. I don't know what he's trying to teach me. 
Or is he just being mean? Is that aligned with his character? Is he putting his thumb on us, going like, let's see what happens? No. We do that to ourselves. Hmm. So I think it's time we acknowledge that the cross was enough. We quit justifying our suffering like he didn't really die up there. Or that, you know, eh, it'll be better when I'm dead. And just be a good tree, which in turn will bear good fruit. You're not a bad tree with an occasional good apple. Right? That's the world's view, perspective. Be a good tree. Hmm. I think along with every tragedy and pain and suffering, there's an opportunity to grow and mature in our daily walk with Christ. If we don't connect with Him at every moment and every day, you're just opening yourself up for conflict inner conflict for sure that starts with us should end with us. I didn't mention this in first service. My wife, she read my notes to make sure I wasn't going to get, you know, crucified up here. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm I love you guys. I'm just, you know, uh, there's a song that we had at our wedding. We danced to it's called better together. And it's by Jack Johnson. And it's above our bed. It's better together. That meaning ever since I've kind of come out of my wilderness, better together means more to me now than ever. You're better with him than without him. This is real life. We have to wake up and live in truth every day and every moment, no matter how good or how bad things are. I'm going to bring this up. Mike's going to laugh at this back there since he works with me every day and he's subject to uh, whatever comes out of my mouth, you know. So <laughs> it's a give and take. I had this vision. Him and I were sitting around talking, and, and I thought, man, you know, man, we are our own worst enemies. We convince ourselves of a lot, and we keep just doing the same stuff. We should all have to wear the cone of redemption. It's not really called that. It's actually called the cone of shame. You put it on the animals, keep themselves from making a bad situation worse. What can you do? I mean, we're going to buy a bunch and we're going to stick them in the back. We're not. I'm joking. I wouldn't put you through the torment. I would have one up here too because we all have our days, right? It really just is a simple symbolism that we're keeping our eyes on him. We're not subject to what's going on here. If you keep your vision on him, if you have the cone of redemption on, then it doesn't matter what's going on around you because you're connected to him. Hmm. I can tell you since I've come out of this, you know, wilderness season, I've never been more excited to share Christ than I have, than I am now. It's still a boat rocker, but I'm a boat rocker for a good reason because I try to get people out of their own way. It's not because I'm better than you. It's because I've been there. 
I see the other side of it. I remind myself every day of where I came from so I know where I'm going. So I don't go back there. Who cares what's behind you? Keep manning that plow. Keep sowing the seed. Keep pushing forward. Quit looking over your shoulder. There's nothing back there. Nothing back there. Nothing for you. Right? This came to me. I was, you know, while I was sitting and praying about what to speak about today, the Lord gave me this just mental image of a bird walking around on the ground. He knows he's a bird. But somebody at one point in his life or her life, its life, said, hey, yeah, you're a bird, but you can't fly, though. Your wings are clipped or you got a bad whatever muscles birds have. I don't know. So, yeah, you're designed for this, but you can't do it. What does that sound like? It sounds like the world with us. Sounds like the devil for sure. Hey, you're designed for this, but you can't achieve that. I tell you what, when he starts telling you that, you should know that you're in the green. (laughs) When he starts telling you, oh, man, you better not start doing that because that's bad. No, do it. That's all he has on you is control and deception. So when you're really connected to Christ and you're you're living through him, it's not going to get easy for you. You're still going to be affected by life, but you have a source. You have a disconnect to stay connected to, to stay tethered to, where you have a fighting chance of making a difference. Not surviving. Right? So how's that bird get off the ground? Well, he starts flapping his wings. It's in their nature, right? I mean, you've seen a bird, a wounded bird on the ground. They're still flapping. They're, they're supposed to be flying, soaring through the air. They're going to keep doing it until it works. We convince ourselves that we can't do it and shouldn't even try to start flapping our wings because we couldn't deal with the devastation or the disappointment. Well, I know I should be doing this, but what if it doesn't work? Man, I really feel stupid. Or what do they think about me? Start flapping your wings. You're meant to fly. Don't look up and see all your friends that are, you know, super Christians or whatever, which there's no such thing, by the way. Uh, And you're like, man, those guys, they just really got it figured out. You know, I just must be really not what I think. and I must just not have enough faith or enough belief. Well, then have it. It starts with a perspective change. If you say that, you're defeated. Well, I just don't. Yeah, but. No. Believe it. Align yourself with it and start walking it out. And you'll find yourself up there flying with the rest of the pack that it either went before you and are learning as we're going because it's a journey. It's not a destination. This is a journey. This is a place where we can all come and be with each other, where we can go out and rid the world of its sickness and deceit. Right? Who start flapping your wings, guys. Just saying. It'd be awesome. Second Timothy one seven, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Well, what's that mean? 
Fear is not from God. If you're afraid of something, fear of it, what if? It's not from Him. He doesn't give you that. He doesn't make you timid. He doesn't make you a weak one. You're in, in Him is where this comes from. Fear is a liar. You heard that song? We haven't done it yet. We'll work it in. There's a lot, believe me. <laughs> um, so I think if we change our perspective, I really believe this because I'm seeing it in myself. If we change our perspective, our emotions will line up. I picked on the guys first service. I'm going to go for the girls now because my wife's not sitting there. <laughs> if you're doing laundry, just saying, just bear with me for a second. And you see that shirt your husband had on for like five minutes, right? And you immediately see it and you're like, Rrr! he wore that for five minutes and he put it in the dirty clothes. And what am I supposed to do? Am I just married to this dishwasher, just washing machine and then dryer? I mean, what do they think is going on here? You see little Johnny's dirty pants that you told him not to get dirty? These are, those are good jeans. You better not get dirty in those jeans. If you do, man, I'm telling you what. You see him and you immediately start, you know that kid? Golly. I don't know why I have to tell him. Let's have a perspective, perspective change there. I talked about the men in first service. It's your environment, right? Most of us have jobs that we go to and women too but a lot of us men we deal with stuff differently there's a difference between men and women change your perspective look at that shirt and say you know what my husband wears that shirt god bless him and i'm so thankful for him and all he does and how he is just really striving in our family to image christ thank you for my kid lord i'm so thankful for them just who they are in you and who you call them to be. I'm not going to take this. One thing the devil's trying to convince me of is bad and let him take it and make it bad. Whew. You feel that? I felt it. Which basically in a nutshell means you're going to praise him for everything. Good, bad, indifferent. If we don't, we're no good to anybody around us. They don't want what we have. They can't see it in us. Mm. We've got to quit taking life personally. <laughs> right, Larry? Quit taking life personally. We think it's an attack, right? Oh, man, they're all just coming after me. It's a personal. It's not about you. It's about them. They're trying in their own miserable way, whatever they're dealing with, to see how you're going to react to it, whether they know it or not. Quit taking life personally. You'll feel so much better. I mean, I do. I love it. I have to remind myself of that a lot because I still, we're still here on this earth, living it, serving. We should be. Quit taking stuff personal. Does that make sense? No? Yes? Okay. 
Isaiah 11, 2, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. That doesn't mean you're scared of God in the sense of like, ooh, don't be mean, don't get me. It means you respect him, what he did, who he is, who he turns you into if you let him and surrender it to him. That's power right there. The spirit of the Lord will rest on you, right? The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge. That's all stuff you can use for yourself, but also to help other people get out of their own way. Does that make sense? 11.3, he will delight in obeying the Lord. He shall not judge by appearance, nor make decisions based on hearsay. If I had a quarter for every time hearsay dictated where we were headed. <laughs> it's sad, really. It's really not funny. I shouldn't have laughed. Or judging things by appearance, right? Not just our view of things, but our own of ourself. It's important that we get this. I said we're our own worst enemies earlier. I mean it now. Eleven four, He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. This is really good. I feel it. You know, you're just starting to shake already. The earth will shake at the force of his word her word, and one breath from their mouth will destroy the wicked. Hmm. Read that again. He will give justice to the poor, make fair decisions for the exploited, and the earth will shake at the force of his word, and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. We don't think there's real spiritual warfare going on around us, that we just can't see it doesn't make it not true. If you believe in Jesus Christ and what he did for you, there's also, you have to believe the devil is real. And he has got an agenda for your life to keep you so beat down mentally that you're not even willing to walk it out physically with Jesus. He starts convincing us of what we are not. You're not the clipped bird on the ground. Start working, planting that field, sowing the seed. Connect to him every day. Give it to him. For one. Hmm. Y'all hungry? Ready to get out of here? I'm almost done. Okay? I love you. Worship team, you guys can come. So you have power inside you, and you really don't even know how much until you build a relationship with him. You're not a punching bag. You're a victor. You're not a victim. Quit living that way. It's an everyday deal, everyday reminder. As soon as we let our guard down, we're open to conflict immediately. You can praise Jesus in the good. You can praise him in the bad. He's the same. Yesterday, today, he hasn't changed. He's there. You need to connect with him. 
I tell you, for me, it comes in a lot of resting with him, not reacting, not responding. We have to die to ourselves. We have to completely tell ourselves that, you know what? I don't know what's going on here. I didn't ask for this, but I know you're better than this. You're bigger than this. I'm going to give it to you. See what he does with it. Just, I'm just asking you. See what he does with it. I guarantee you it's not what you thought. Matthew 7, 13 through 14, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Many enter through it. Verse 14, But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. I love solitude. I don't know about you guys. I mean, I love being around people, but I like being with Jesus too, more than anything else. Don't keep going through the broad gate. It's easy. But we're better. You're better. You're no good to anybody. They don't want what you have if they can't see it in you. Take the narrow gate, man. There's going to be so much peace and calm. And no matter what you're dealing with, you just know that he has it and you're going to really going to give it to him. I don't care how long the stronghold's been in your life. I don't care, you know, if it's one that you just, you know, you think's not a big deal. If it doesn't align with his character, it's not for you. Does that make sense? So I was mowing. That's my other job, mow grass. I started, you know, I used to just listen to music, and then I started really listening to the sermons online. One of my favorite guys to listen to is Pete Cesaro. He's got two books out, man. I would really recommend it to you guys. One's The Emotional Healthy Leader, which is important. If you can't lead, people won't follow. And where are you leading them? You leading them off a cliff? Or are you leading them to Jesus? Right? The second one is Emotionally Healthy Discipleship, which is what we're called to be as disciples. Seed sowers. Earth changers. That one gets me excited. Right? So I want you guys to stand with me. We're going to pray this prayer. At the end of one of his uh, sermons, he was speaking about spiritual warfare. He prayed this prayer over this whole congregation. I was mowing this lady's grass, and I just stopped, got off my lawnmower, and I was like, oh, let's do it. Completely felt it. And I've forgotten about it until I actually seek the Lord out to say, tell me what you want me to say. I'm not going to just stand in front of them and talk. I wanted to have weight. I wanted to challenge our thinking, challenge our perspective. See us how he sees us, not how we're thinking we're identified by the stuff going on around us. So what I want you to do is I want you to put your hand on your head, close your eyes, just repeat after me. Lord, I give you my thoughts. Cleanse my mind. Renew it and fill my mind with your thoughts. Put your hand over your heart. Say, Lord, I surrender my heart. I surrender my heart. Man, let's say that again. Lord, I surrender my heart. My attitude, my motives, 
my hurts and my hates. Fill my heart with your Holy Spirit. Put your hand over your hand. Lord, I offer you the work of my hands. Whatever I do and touch this week, may I be filled in my hands with you. Point towards your feet. Lord, I offer you my feet. Wherever my feet take me this week, may they be filled with you. Guide me and fill me, Lord. Let's pray into that. Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning. I'm thankful for this community. I'm thankful for these believers here, Lord. I ask that you would continue to encourage us to be a light. Lord, that we would be connected to you in such a way that when they see us, they know we've been with him. And they want what we have. We know that comes through connection with you, Lord. I ask that you would just soften our hearts where we can truly give you all of our trash, all of our hurt, all of our hates, and start living a life designed that you've designed us to live and start flapping our wings. I pray that as we go through this week, that we would constantly remind ourselves when we feel that little bit of negativity or destruction or chaos, mental war games, whatever we're thinking, Lord, that we immediately stop right there and we look to you, we raise our hands and we praise you for who you are and who you've designed us to be, no matter what. Mm. In Jesus' name. You guys need prayer. We're up here. Band's going to play a little bit. I love y'all. Seriously. Go out and be a light, right? Amen. You've been listening to Grace Church, advancing God's kingdom, one heart at a time. For more, visit us online at gracechurch.community.